Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... If there's one thing I know, it's that Noah Rubin just really struggling down in Chile right now because I, I see his Twitter, uh, all, all of his little tweets, and everyone is a complaint about, uh, about the travel, about, about uh, people getting deported out of Chile, about the, these cans of balls made by, I think, like Puma or something. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Um, I, so are you okay? You 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 alive? You're surviving in Chile? Concepcion. Concepcion, Chile. <laughs> Actually the tweet about the balls today was not to complain necessarily about the balls, even though I have never seen them or used them before. Mm-hmm. But it was referring back to the idea of is tennis the toughest sport in the world? And here I am playing with a material or a company that I have never seen before. Yeah. And I don't know how often that happens in other sports. But, yeah, everything's good. Have you seen Julio Peralta? (laughs) I have not seen Julio Peralta. Julio Peralta, fascinating story. Guy who retired twice, then suddenly found a very high-money donor, started playing with Matt Seberger, who used that gigantic racket, and only oh, yeah, ate bananas for about three three months in a row. That's true. <laughs> Matt Seberger only ate bananas for three months in a row. Uh, but true. then Julio, totally true, hundred percent. Apparently, we share like thirty percent of the same DNA as bananas. Something weird like that. That's also true. Uh, but Julio Peralta then went on to win ATP titles, um, and, and then just like disappeared again into the oblivion. I don't know where he went. Uh, which is pretty much like your career. I just cold. had a moment of silence for that. That was that was pretty good. I'm actually impressed with myself <laughs> after that one. Uh, you okay though? Everything's all right. I mean, you're you're picking up some uh, couple dubs down there in Chile. You beat Eric Nunez earlier today. That was exciting. I watched it. Thanks, pal. Um, yeah, I'm trying to 
play tennis and shake hands with my name being called, which mm. hasn't happened too many times last year. I've now tripled the amount of wins that I've <laughs> had last year, <laughs> which is so sad. My, my accountant, I'm doing taxes already, getting them ready. My accountant's like, can you send over the prize money? I was like, there was none. There was none. <laughs> okay, here are the three uh, tournaments funny. I played. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. But yeah, no, um, I'm okay. I'm very tired. Um, yeah. This was a lot, and it's a lot to start the year with. Uh, but it's good. It kind of threw me into the deep end. I've been using that term a lot, and I'm actually in a pretty good place. I'm excited, and you know, for an American to be in South America, there are definitely some pros. Um, but there's you know, there's a lack of convenience coming down here, and. I am missing the CVSs and the easy Chipotle run, if need be, yeah. or Jimmy John's freaky fast delivery, which I really thought they would get it over to Concepcion, but that didn't happen. So, well, uh, uh, I think JJ Jimmy John Leertoud, whatever his name is, is probably off in Africa hunting some endangered rhino right now. Oh, that that was thanks for that anecdote. I there. lived I okay. lived up the street from JJ. Uh, for about five years, I, I did you? Yes. Don't really love the guy. Love the love the product. Uh, terrible person. But it's like the only place we you can get the celiac, and we're both gluten free. You can separate. Thing. You can separate the human being who owns the company but from the actual product. we're paying for trips to kill the rhino. I know it's a really okay. difficult situation. All I right. know and is then, then you get shot because they mistake you for a rhino, and it's just like such a sob wow. story. And That's well played. I'm I'm actually impressed with you. That was really good. Um, good for you. But yeah, uh, so all I'm kidding excited. aside, all yes. kidding aside, uh, yes. I have watched your matches. Uh, over the last few weeks um, as you're heading into another second round. It's been fun to watch because I can see a level of competition for you. The effort has been at a, at a good level and sustained. Yes. Um, and I think I, ultimately that's kind of the important thing for me as your friend, observer, to watch, to see that you are in a good mental state because ultimately wins and losses right now don't really matter too much so much as just you getting back to that place where you're enjoying it and enjoying the level and getting back to where you can be. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, you know, the tennis is just not going to be there right now and we have to know that and it's going to take some time to get back to a place of confidence and, and playing the way I want to. But even seeing some of the tweets from people acknowledging the fact that like, oh, this is the effort level that we've been kind of mm -hmm. wanting from Noah. And, you know, it means a lot that other people notice it, but uh, it feels good, you know, as much as it hurts losing matches that, you know, I wouldn't have lost two years ago or whatever the case may be. No, two I'm years ago, in, you would have lost. Three years I'm ago, you my, would have won them. I'm putting myself in a place to compete at the level that I want to compete and also go fuck yourself, Mike. I will very <laughs> happily a little bit later tonight. Um, so, listen, the everybody was so focused the last week, as were we, on this podcast uh, about I love Novak. how you say past tense, but it's like it doesn't – it's not ending. no. However, um, I want to redirect here because we could certainly spend um, time on Novak here. Um, do you have anything you want to summarize just 
your thoughts on it before we kind of get into where I want to go with this? I think I think the full Spark Notes version of it was he was the one person that tried to do this in the beginning. I think we saw the facts between the positive COVID test and everything that took place there. And I was not on his side. I, I did not agree with what was happening. Um, as things came to light a little bit more in the understanding, you know, whether we agree with the what the exemption was or was for or not for, um, Tennis Australia gave him the okay. So here is this man now that got some okay from Tennis Australia to play. So then you have to put the rest aside for right now. And then the government said, well, no, we're not allowing you here. So it just basically was Tennis Australia not coordinating with the government themselves and saying, hey, we made this decision. Is it okay with you guys? Um, and it was one of the <laughs> worst played out situations we have seen in a long time in tennis, uh, up close and personal. So, I mean, I think it's taken away from early on very good tennis that we've seen in Adelaide or other events, uh, you know, across Australia or the world. But I know it sounds weird, but I'm just happy it's over because I, I can't take any more of it. And, and I think it got to a point with the appeal process and everything else that was going into it. that was just like enough is enough. Like yeah, it's time to go. I couldn't I couldn't pay attention the last three or four days. Yeah. I'm just like just yeah, you guys yeah. tell me what's happening and then I'll <laughs> I'll be good. I'm, I follow Blair Henley's Instagram posts and that was good <laughs> enough for me uh, at the time. But to, to echo that. Nothing about this ended positive. Nothing, right. Nobody came out of this in terms of the tennis world in, in, in a positive sense. Tennis Australia didn't. Novak certainly doesn't. The Australian government really doesn't. Um, I, I'm not going to say I had empathy for Novak because I, I think he ultimately puts himself in that situation. But it this was fucking close at times. <laughs> right? No, this this it was very clear the government has some real issues right now in terms of just catering solely to public opinion as opposed to having a good policy here. That that much was clear. It is very sad to me that as we're recording this Monday night, nothing has been done about any of the other refugees who have been there for years and years. And I say that not only just in terms of the Australian government having to answer for that, Novak hasn't done anything in, in that regard either, and I hope that he will at some point. But they don't look good at all, the Australian government. It looks really awful. Um, and I'm happy that after the tennis on Sunday night for us, Monday morning uh, through the day in, in Australia, I'm, I'm happy that it didn't feel like there was too much focus was put on Novak so much as there was focus on some really fun tennis. Madison Keys over uh, Sonia Sofia Kennan uh, last night, late last night. I mean, that was a good match. Karatsev has over 100 unforced errors and still comes through with a five-set win, which is just amazing. Uh, Sebi Korda destroying Cam Nori. Yikes, babe. Three sets in, in that one. Um uh, Alex Vukic, recent guest on, on the pod. Uh, his win over Lloyd Harris is awesome. So cool to see that for for um, for Alex. I'm really excited. And tonight, I don't think I'm going to be awake for it, but Liam Brody and, and Nick Kyrgios, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to try to find a way to go back and watch that one um, when, I, when I wake up in the morning. Uh, 
it almost feels weird to try to watch tennis again yeah. after all the stuff and nonsense. Like when they were throwing out scores, I was like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. Right. I needed like, <laughs> you know, like an in-between buffer moment of like, okay, now it's tennis time, guys. Yeah, yeah. And they were just like throwing out scores. I woke up one day with scores. I was like, what is this for? <laughs> is, are, this, is this another warm-up tournament? Are you suffering like me from FOMO? I worked really hard and talked to many people, <laughs> uh, my therapist, about trying not to. And, and mm. yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, I think for both of us, I could speak for you, that uh, that the Australian Open has a very special place in our hearts. Yep. And it fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. of course. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I do, I do want to say that hearing with some of the situations that some of our friends have gone through in Australia with quarantines and Djokovic situation. Did it lighten the load a little bit? A hundred percent. It made me like, hey, maybe not the best place to be. But as soon as the main draw started, I was like, ah, I yeah. Wanna be there. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be eating that food. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just a place you want to be is, you know, even with all the shit that went down, you're like, ah, that's... That's where I want to be. And there's very few tournaments that make me feel that way. So I think that's why it's always tough. It's such a great way to start the year off on a high. Um, so, yeah, I know. And I know for you, that's always uh, same. a great. Yeah, it's the same. I'm, I'm it's been really fun to listen to some of my close friends, Peter Mercado and Abigail uh, Johnson, who's having her first experience down there. British young British broadcaster. She's really, really good in getting her first taste of it. Um, then some of the coaching friends that I have, Brad Stein and Mark Lucero, who are doing some work down there for, for Tennis Australia on the World Feed. And um, I, I really wish I was down there, um, hopefully next year, but, but we'll see. Um, I, I want to redirect, though, because, so, as we mentioned, so much of the focus has been on Novak and that whole situation. My understanding from talking to you over the last week or so is that it has been really challenging for you to get into Chile. And you're not alone. Strong Kirschheimer, the lone American who's down there with you, uh, is not alone. It, it's been a mess for everyone. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think during this time, obviously... On one side of the world was the Djokovic and everything, that nonsense over there. But, um, you know, talking about the Challenger Tour, which nobody really wants to get into, um, the difficulties that we faced here. Um, COVID is not easy. And with Challengers, with being in foreign countries especially, you feel somewhat alone. And I think that's kind of how Strong and I have felt. And we obviously have tried to be there for one another. But, you know, between false positives in Argentina and we're like, can we leave our place? And nobody's getting us food. And, you know, what does that look like? And then um, obviously Chile, which seems to be one of, if not one of the toughest countries in the world to get into at this moment where I personally saw people, friends and, and, and other players actually being deported back to Brazil and not being allowed into Santiago, Chile. And, Why? you know, Steven Diaz was another one in Madrid mm. that wasn't allowed on the plane. So just to Why, quickly why go is through that, it, Noah? Yeah. There was, there was about three forms. There was more than that, but it was about 
two really tough forms that you had to fill out that include your vaccination, being accepted, um, included where you got them from, you know, with pictures of you holding up the vaccination card and your passport and everything. And it just wasn't easy to go through everything. It really was pretty difficult. Um, you had that form, then you had something called a C-19 that you had to fill out and you had to make sure everything was perfect. This was between having uh, travel insurance and making sure the vaccines were actually accepted and, you know, the times you got them. And it was just a whole process. So, you know, you had some guys that, you know, had one vaccine accepted and not the other for mm. whatever reason. Or you had uh, somebody that forgot to put in their first vaccine, but their second one was accepted. But they got to the border and then they're like, wait. Where's your first vaccine? They're like, well, as you can see, I got my second one. Here's a picture of my first. Oh, you weren't accepted. We had a French, uh, Quentin Folio, who traveled. We were in the airport together. He actually got put into immigration. It was a room. And if he wasn't accepted within those three hours, he actually would have been deported back to Brazil like some others were. And luckily enough, he was accepted, which is crazy. And within like 40 minutes and he joined us. But it was just moments like this and, you know, we have – there are a lot of good player reps in, in ATP and, and people that work for the tournament that, you know, try to help. But there's still this sense of loneliness. There's a sense that we're out here alone. We're literally helping one one another. I mean, I've – you know, I'm asking players. Players are asking me, how do we do this? What pictures do we take? And this is all just to play a tournament and this is all to get in. So, you know, when I tweet about like – you know, poor thought by the ATP, like, yeah, I understand that Chile is willing to put on this event and maybe they're the ones putting up the money. You know, we talk about this all the time, but ATP should think like, hey, can players get into this, you know, without any problems? You know, are we going to be able to put on like a real functioning tournament here? Is that possible? So it, it's scary. And, and then that sense of loneliness is really probably the worst thing. Obviously, we're foreigners, so it's different. But even for the players here, the Brazilians – so many. Orlando Luz was at last mm. week, and he said, and I asked, I was like, are you going? Because he only played one event, and he's like, oh, no, no chance. Those forms are impossible. <laughs> I don't even want to take the chance and just decide not to come play this week. So nothing's easy right now, and I understand everybody's going to say, well, it's a pandemic. I get – but there's no tournaments in the U.S. You know, we had the Puerto Rico tournaments get canceled, so now there's only going to be a couple in February. There's not many options right now. So if I want to have a ranking, if I want to make money, this is the only way. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. How many players were supposed to be there that didn't make it? Because I, I right I when the Australian Open, we had two. I know you're having to think and do math. <laughs> Well, I, I can go off of my tweet a little bit where the qualifying, which should yeah. have 16 players, let's say. 16, yeah, at least. Yeah. At least basically had zero. Right. 
So they had doubles players sign in as alternates, and then they had four wild cards play each other. So that's that. And then main draw had nine alternates in it. So we can make up a number of... At least three to four people got held, right? Is that correct? If you're talking about that specifically? Yes. Yes. If you're talking about people that were held or not let in, um, yes, I want to say four. Okay. And then... I want to say on top of that, probably 2x that or just doubling it um, where people that weren't accepted early on enough yeah. and just said, hey, I'm not messing with this. And then you had people like Orlando Luz who just said, I am not even touching this, yeah. getting within a 10-foot pole, and we're not going there. And what's really sad about that in specifics is that for, for people who might not know, your match against Orlando Luz in Little Rock, Arkansas a couple of years ago is one of the top five most watched challenger matches of all time. You're a dickhead. And that's not because of your personality. You actually literally look like a penis. What I just said is factually accurate. It was actually funny because I meant to bring it up last week to him because I don't know if he knows it. Yeah. And if he doesn't know it, he'd be like, are you – Why? <laughs> so it goes Nisha Corey in the finals of a challenger Dallas. or Murray or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're like sandwiched between Nisha Corey and Andy Murray and then it's Ruben versus Luz first round of Little Rock. It's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, here we are. And obviously, it's a good opportunity for anybody, <laughs> for anybody that actually made it to Chile. But uh, it's just we're at a point where it's very tiring, yeah, and it's exhausting, and it just seems like there's no way out, kind of thing. We're in this kind of point in time right now in the Challenger Tour where you have tournaments getting canceled, you have only X amount in certain regions, so they're going to be extremely tough to get into. And this is where we are. So I, I, it was funny. I was going back to a podcast we had basically two years ago at this point. It seems like a combination of 10 years ago and yesterday, but um, where we talked about the lasting effects of the pandemic and we talked about where tennis was as a whole, even pre-pandemic and how we saw it going. And we're here. And I know things escalated and I know things got worse as a whole, but uh, – yeah, we we kind of called this to some extent. You know, we we saw this kind of building, and and I know that again the pandemic pushed it ten years further. But uh, yeah, it just sucks. It really does. Uh, are you able? And what I guess what is your sense of others who are down there uh, to block that out and focus on the individual task at hand? I think it's possible. I mean, I give a lot of credit to a lot of the, of the South Americans. They fight. <laughs> they fight yeah. hard. So, um, but at the same time, speaking to some of the player reps, and and also, I don't get a huge opportunity to speak to a large amount of South Americans at a time. It's just you know, geographically, we don't see them too much. And hearing from them, from players around four hundred or five hundred or even three hundred, there's. A lot of players where, you know, we thought that early on the pandemic was kind of the, you know, final straw, but this seems to be the final straw where they said, okay, the pandemic came in 2020, 
put a little effort in in 2021 to kind of get back out and it doesn't feel great and 2022 is here and it doesn't look any better i think this is kind of my time to be done with it mm. so it's a it's a little bit of a combo where there are opportunities to be had but a lot of players aren't seeing the light right now and and it's it is disheartening i even told you like you know, I've had a few players come up and said they're kind of done with tennis, and I can't hear that right now because right. I'm trying to be so positive. Right. But, uh, yeah, the fact of the matter is, you know, even talking to one of the player reps, you know, they're like, yeah, I've heard a lot of players be like, this is this is kind of it for me now yeah. because of how difficult it is. When I talked to – I did Philip Fama's um, podcast and, and YouTube show, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I said – we were talking specifically about Americans, and I didn't point out anybody specifically, but I just – I kind of got that feeling that there were a lot of people who were going to say, you know, the last two years interrupted. All of it has just been kind of choppy. I want to give it one full good season since I've lost the last two and then go from there. And I, I, I really think that's going to be a, a real possibility, um, especially once you get to July, August, if people haven't really made that big dent, big jump, you might start seeing some some movement, some, some people who make some announcements. Yeah. I think the last thing I'll say on that is, you know, when people give it that year, 90, 95% of the time, it's that year, you know, it's very rare that somebody comes out of that year and be like, Oh, I feel great. So, um, and I think with the rankings, the way they are now with players having put in, you know, a decent amount of weeks and it's very tough to move up the rankings people aren't getting that satisfaction and that movement yep. that they're looking for. So, you know, I think it's just their way to kind of feel that end, you know, that end all be all. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at you cradling sewer cat right now. Sewer cat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they're not, they're not getting that satisfaction. I think uh, that's the reason why we're going to see a lot of people dropping. Um, and... As you know, it's it's like uh, dropping out of university. Speaking of drop, I mean, like all, all kidding aside, like uh, if if I'm if I read correctly last night, I believe Serena is going to drop to like two forty. Yeah, I saw that. I think yep. Kennan's going to drop to like a hundred plus. Again, ridiculous, right? You're you're right. you're dropping because you're losing some of your. Delray points from 2020, I think. Yeah, 2020 was the I have the Delray and Indian Wells right before, right, literally at the smack of the pandemic. Right. I mean, it's we're starting to see some of the effects now, and right. I think it's going to be like an avalanche. <laughs> it's, we've got the Omicron wave, and we've got an avalanche of rankings points for people who maybe I don't know how to say this, Noah. Just like. There are a lot of people who struggled to find good motivation. I don't know. I don't know if me- what the right word is with mental health here. Um, just what what I, I think motivation is it during the last two years and uh, uh, physical capabilities when kind of going through these ups and downs. And I think you're going to see a lot of them right now who are suddenly in the rankings crosshairs and that sucks. Um, it's going to be really tough. I, I do want to end on kind of a fun and positive note though. Um, as sewer cat continues to just absolutely disrupt this podcast for me, at least, uh, Netflix officially announced that they're doing their drive to survive, um, 
version in in tennis um, this past week. Uh, the, the players that we know that are confirmed, uh, I only know of two so far that are confirmed. I don't know if you know of any others. The the one I know uh, is Stefano Tsitsipas, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I think he's a compelling person. He's He's got a lot to say. Uh, definitely a unique individual. Um, and then Taylor Fritz. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to say on this topic. I'm actually pretty pissed off, to be honest with you. Uh, as soon as I found out about it, I texted in the group to see what other players knew which, about it. Which and group? This is a group of basically every player from 1 to 250 in the world. Um and none did. Apparently, it was told in a um, ATP call about four days ago or so, and okay. then the announcement came out two days ago. Um, but again, you know, I guess the pro is here are the seven entities within tennis that actually came together on something, which we haven't seen in our lifetime right. yet. Right. Uh, the negative is the eighth entity that was left out was the players themselves. So. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the players that are a part of it were discussed, and, you know, they have their rights or deals or whatever it may be. Um, but I can't wait to hear that the revenue that comes from this will be shown in my prize money. Uh, the, yeah, the next time I hear that, I'm probably going to put my head through a fucking wall. I'm, I, I'm sure for... Like, my mom has talked to me about tennis this last week. Both my parents actually have talked to me about tennis the last week more than they have in a very long time just because of the fact that, you know, Novak is on NPR in the mornings, um, for, for example. But I think it will make, I, based on what they did with the F1 stuff, the Formula One stuff, it will be compelling, entertaining to a very broad audience. They are going to be filming, they announced the last couple of days, at the, the Master Series events, the 1,000s on both men's and women's side, and the Slams. Cool. That's really going to get you a full, full, rich, compelling view of what tennis is. Just going to the 1,000s and the Slams. That's probably, that's going to nail it. It's good. We need to get more people involved. I'm I'm trying to be positive because if too, you want man. my <laughs> if you want my real opinion, it's just it's just more fucked up shit that I, I just I really can't deal with anymore. And I'm just like you... my thing is it's it's so transparent what they do that it's it's nearly embarrassing. And they keep coming out with things where they basically want to knock it through your skull. Like, hey, we're doing a good job. We're doing a good job. And I'm like, you're doing the same shit over and over again. And you're ten years behind every other sport. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go that deep into it. I'm gonna be more Sorry. superficial about it here, Noah. Yeah, you do your thing. Yeah. And in that, if you picked one player who was around your age, twenty twenty five ish, who's been who's done it for a couple of years, who's in that, let's be broad, say say three fifty four hundred to one fifty range. You do Tsitsipas, Fritz, Osaka. Ash Barty, whatever, at the top, but also include one player, one 
one flipping player who's at this lower level and include that, that's compelling. That's rich. That will be the kind of thing that will actually have people really pulling and understanding and rooting for the underdog, if you will, and just seeing that that's, God, you, you come to Savannah in April with us, Netflix. I mean, you're going to see, you're going to see like this incredible, like little club in, in Savannah out on Skidaway Island, right? That they just come together as a community to like put on this fun festival of, of tennis. And there's not a lot of money, but it's a great event. It's a lot of fun. And, and you know, it's, that's like the best week of the, of the year for so many players. Like, that's, that's, not, that's, done. that's better than Indian Wells, right? We're done. All right. I can't. I tried. Yeah, that was a good effort. Okay. Thank God Sewer Cat was in the picture. She was calming me down. Okay. Uh, you going to be all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm chilling, man. Okay. Does anybody need to send you anything on, like, the Instagram to make you feel better about life? No, I'm I'm fine about life. I just, okay. you know, it's just the ATP and WTA doing their, doing their thing. I'm just saying there's more options. More options, Noah. And um, your hair looks great. Um, God, I haven't used conditioner in like nine days. That might be a positive for you. No, I need it in my life. You know, I try to take care of myself. Okay, uh, love you lots. Um, Much love. If it, let's let's see if we can't get you to the weekend uh, uh, here, so we can also then do an interview with Miguel Angeles Varela. Eh? Goodbye, Mike. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.